<laughs> and now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's Expository Thursday as we work together to know the letter better. First into the narrative of the book of Acts, we travel to understand what things the Lord does require of us as we learn to apply God's timeless truths in our lives. God the Father will be sending Jesus Christ back to earth. We need to be ready. Jesus is coming again. He walked the earth once in human form. He's going to return in like fashion with his resurrected body. The problem with the church is that people only want Jesus to come again so that they don't have to face any troubles. That is not why you should want Jesus to come again. It's not bad. It's just not the number one reason. It's not all about just escaping. Okay, and next, until the times of restoration, we're going to look at that. Get ready. Here's a mind blower, a twig twister, a brain blitz. The Father won't send the Son until every person that needs to be converted is converted. That's a top reason to keep witnessing to people. You may share the grace of God with the very last person who needs to hear and respond to Jesus. Don't miss that opportunity. And finally, since the world began, now just stop and think about this. Don't rush through it. Slow down. Consider that God has been sharing bits and pieces of his plan since the earth made its debut. The Garden of Eden gave witness. The post-sin prophets gave witness. The post-Jesus Christ prophets gave witness. Prophets still give witness. The Holy Spirit gives witness. And the Bible continually gives witness. Hey, you know what? That's a lot of witness. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience. Local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations, spiritual observations. My life's insanities, and oy vey, so much more. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? You can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us at 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us at 972-445-0770. Don't be afraid. I know it's a phone. It's got those numbers on it, but you can do it. 972-445-0770. That's when you end up talking to Captain Chris, and that's when you have everything sailing in the right direction. Now, it could be for a question, a thought, something you want to share, something that's on your heart, a praise report, a prayer request. We're into that. We love it, right? It could also be for Bible trivia. Bible trivia? What kind of Bible trivia, Dave? Thank you for asking, imaginary bird. 
Uh, here it is. Where did Jesus perform his first miracle? Where? Where? I'm looking for location, location, location. That's the only thing I know about real estate that Aunt Deb could probably uh, affirm for me that I would be correct in. Location, location, location. That's correct. Uh, where was it when that took place? In the meantime, somebody else is on the line, and I don't know. Are they uh, here just to uh, comment, question? What is? Uh, what do we got going on? I think on? they want to try the trivia question. They're gonna tr- they wanted to call in early to answer the trivia question? That is very impressive. All right, let's go. Let's see what happens. And if it uh, goes crazy, then we'll just get a pizza out of it. Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hey, can I order two pepperoni and one uh, Hawaiian pizza? (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. That is great. Okay. You can have the pepperoni, but we don't have uh, Pepsi, Pepsi, no Coke. Make it kosher. Uh, hey, well, what's the trivia question? All right, the trivia question is, what's the location of the first miracle? The first miracle that Jesus did, what's the physical location? It was a Cana in Galilee. That is correct, Amanda! <laughs> and you want to hear something theologically amazing. Hey, do me a favor and turn your radio down just a little because i got a little echo. Um, what's theologically amazing is technically the last miracle that Jesus did, we'll have to get into this sometime, is by the Sea of Galilee, so they're not that far apart. It's really kind of a funny uh, geographical thing if you get into it. So anyway, just want to share that. How you doing, brother? I also have a trivia question for you because Uh you're a pretty smart guy. Nah, ask my wife, not about your smartness. (laughs) (laughs) My wife goes, eh. Hey, which uh, biblical Catholic hero was born out of wedlock, and then he conquered the greatest city at his time? Which Catholic hero? Is that what you said? Yes. Uh, uh, okay. Old Testament biblical hero. Old Testament. It's, it's, not, it's not Catholic. It's an Old Testament biblical. I'm going to defer to your wisdom uh, and give you the opportunity because I have no idea where you're going with this one. <laughs> wow. Uh, because uh, his name is Joshua. He was born out of wedlock because he was a son of none. <laughs> you're killing me. <laughs> you know you're killing me here, right? Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. The next uh, trivia question. Which biblical character the Old Testament character saw one of the U.S. state even when it wasn't ex- existed. Saw one of the U.S. states. Yes. Although it, di- although it didn't exist. I'm gonna... Well, I, at that time, U.S. wasn't exist. I yeah. mean, it was there somewhere, but <laughs> not as a country. I, I yield. What do you got? Well, it was uh, Noah because he had both Ark and Saw. Oh my goodness! You're killing me here. I'm dying on the vine here. You're not. You're not. You're not doing a show every Friday and Saturday night because uh, that's that ain't gonna work. Arkansas. That's hey, bad. We, that's we are bad. contagious because Jewish Gentile brothers. So we are contagious. Yeah, I got you. I got you. How you doing overall, brother? 
How are hey, you? Very good, Avi. I, beside this joke, stuff, I've been seriously praying for you. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Actually, I was talking to my son yesterday, and I said, I'm trying to figure out how 27 years ago I can have this injury and then be recovering 400,000 times faster. And the only mm-hmm. thing I can attribute it to is prayer because, you know, when you're younger, you're supposed to recover faster. I'm older, and it's like this is a weird – it's a weird thing. I'm almost thinking I'm going to go to the doctor, and he's going to just go, "Yeah, you're doing a lot better than whatever. I'm just telling you, I think something weird's going on, and I'm loving it. Because, well, first of all, I'm loving it because because it's it's – uncomfortable but it's not like it was 27 years ago when i needed to be on medicine 24 7 yeah cool (laughs) hey i have a prayer request sure next week i'm traveling to northeast and my daughters and wife is a little worried uh so so just pray for them and pray for me uh god's safety and protection will go with me, protect. Let's, from let's any do kind that of, right uh, now. Let's do that for you travel, and for your family. Uh, hazard or like a, uh, this coronavirus stuff. So yeah. yeah. Let me pray for you right now. Let me do it. Sure. Okay, Father, we come before you right now. Lift up Sam, his wife, his daughter, his family. He's going to be traveling in places that maybe have a higher degree of, uh, of COVID issues, and we certainly pray that you'd put a bubble around him and protect him, and I certainly pray that you would pray that you would uh place a hedge of uh, safety around him and a reduction of any fear that his wife or his daughter or anybody in his family is thinking about or they're concerned about. Instead, Lord, let them have a great confidence that you're going to go with him. He's going to do great. Everything's going to be fine. He's going to be protected. We're really asking you to protect him. We can't tell you what to do. We can ask you what to do, and we ask you to put a bubble around him, give him traveling mercies, keep that hedge about him, don't let the enemy take advantage, and let his family be at peace. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, brother. All right. You got it, my brother. You know I love you. Hey, God bless. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Oh, there's so much to do. (laughs) Okay. And then I'm going to say this only because Eric came up with a really— you know what Eric said? Eric wrote, I think it's because you're so old you can't feel the pain. Okay. Okay. Let me just say, very funny. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Very I'm just going to leave it there. Very funny. And uh, what is it that we used to say to people? Oh, the Lord re- reward you according to thy goodness. <laughs> like, good luck, <laughs> Um, All right, let me read this. Uh, We'll skip the music. I just want to do this intro real fast. We'll go a minute late and come back like a minute early or something like that. But I want you to catch this because this is a big buildup. I really want you to understand this. In Acts chapter 3, verse 19, if you remember, Repent, therefore, be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before. I think people don't understand that there is a order salutis, which is the fancy uh, Latin term for order of salvation, process of salvation. And there's also an order in the Godhead. So the the Father sends the Son. The Son and the Father can send the Spirit. The Spirit doesn't send the Father. You see, 
kind of works in a specific uh, process. Uh, we would call that procession or order of procession. So God the Father is going to send God the Son. And I just want to set this up for you so that you can follow uh, how this goes. This is going to happen. And you keep thinking, well, this prophecy here, this prophecy here, this prophecy here. Let me help you out. I'm going to save you all that time. As soon as the Father says, go, <laughs> that's it. Okay, nanocare what anybody else thinks, it doesn't matter. As soon as God the Father says, go, that's it, okay, then it's go time, and that, that'll be it. Now, we do get indications, and that's what's cool about some of our teachers on the radio station is they give you, hey, this is a marker, this is a marker, this is a marker, be aware this is going, be aware this is going on. But the biggest thing to remember is that there's a delay, and there's only a delay for one reason. And when one primary reason. And when we come back, we're going to talk about that primary reason. That's called a professional tease right there. All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. All of mankind, destroying everyone and everything we find. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at year end indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can, right here on KAAM. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, also known as KAAM. There you go. Uh, let's get ready for our next trivia question. Okay, 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 okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Everybody hold on. Okay, okay. All right, next trivia question. I had to finish sending the text. That's why. Uh, next trivia question. We did the miracle one. They did that. I get. What were Jesus' first words when he greeted his disciples on the evening of the day that he rose from the dead? What was what was the, what was the first thing he said? And I did talk about this yesterday or the date. No, it had to be yesterday because the day before I wasn't here. It was either Friday or yesterday. Uh, so I just want to make sure that everybody's kind of on the page with it so that we're all kind of together in it, okay? Bottom line, what, what, 
what were Jesus's first words when he was greeted when he greeted his disciples on the evening of the day that he rose from the dead? If you think you know the answer to that, then we would encourage you to call. What's our number? <laughs> Where's, where did my sheet go? Where did I, where's my sheet? Oh, there it is. Uh, 972-445-0770. By the way, I'm not on pain meds. I know some of you think I am, but I'm not. <laughs> He's on pain meds. No, 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 no. 972-445-0770 is the number to call if you think you know the answer. What is it that Jesus said? Also, uh, 214-210-8483 if you want to text in. Plus, don't forget hemustincrease.org, uh, the website. But you can email david at hemustincrease.org. And now I'll back it up to the website because I want you to go there and check that out. Check out the website, hemustincrease.org. Website, he must increase.org, he must increase.org. Email David at he must increase.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. Okay, trivia question. This is a really great trivia question. You need to think about this. What were Jesus' first words when he greeted his disciples on the day that he rose from the dead? What was the first thing Jesus said? And why that's important is just like every other thing. Why? What would be the most important thing that Jesus could say? Well, I, don't know, I think the, the first thing he's saying after he goes through the resurrection has a great level of importance too. I mean, wouldn't that be important? First thing he's going to say? Here's something you can know he didn't say. He didn't say, run, hide. Okay, so that didn't happen. Uh, we got somebody that wants to answer the trivia question? Okay, here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hi, David. This is Deborah. Hi, Deborah. Good to hear your voice. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, ready? All right, you might have a yes. little bit of echo. Is your, your mic, is your radio up by chance? There you go. Is it, that's, that's better. See, if you keep it turned down, it when you have it up, it echoes. I don't know if you know Hold that on. or not. That's the magic uh -oh. of the magic. That's the technology of radio. Okay, got <laughs> okay, it. There you go. Hey, it's perfect. Okay, that I can always tell right I've been doing it for a while. All right, so first thing, now this I think is, has got a, a great deal of value because especially the disciples probably not really understanding what's going on, and uh, no doubt, in some capacity, fearing for their lives, what's the first thing that Jesus said on the evening of the day that he rose from the dead? Well, I'm just going by what I heard you say the other day, peace. That is correct! The first thing that Jesus said, and why that's important, okay, I and, and you need to understand why that's important is peace, is because in every circumstance that gets out of hand and that's ridiculous or is beyond your scope, the first thing that God wants you to hear him say to you is peace. Okay? Calm down. Okay? Peace. And when Jesus mm -hmm. was on the boat, right, and they were freaking out, right, he told the winds and the waves, the, the winds to be quiet and the waves to be still. First thing he did was introduce peace into the situation. And that's a big key, especially Isaiah 26.3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee because he trusts in thee. God will bring peace into any circumstance to bring it down so that you understand it has control and God is the one who controls it. So there you go. All right. Good job, Deborah. Excellent okay. work. Y'all have a good afternoon. All right. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. We're going to push the comedy routine back a little bit. <laughs>
It's pretty funny, but you're going to have to wait. It is, a, it is a funny one. But I want to get into this Axe text because I don't want to miss that. So is there anything else we need to cover? I don't think we're going to Okay. All right. I want you to catch this super, 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 super important. That might be a, a nice way for me to say how important this is. So building back up from verse 19 in Acts 3, Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come for the presence of the Lord. We did that last uh, last week. And that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before, listen, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things, by which God has spoken by the mouth of his holy prophets since the world began. So the arguments that come in from uh, theologians is, you know, what does that mean, the times of restoration? And then some people will argue, just so you can know, don't get mad at me. I'm not one of those people that does this, but they'll argue uh, times of restoration means that there's going to be a millennium kingdom and then Jesus is going to come. So they, they will argue here for a post-millennial uh, process. Other people will argue that the times of restoration is that God has uh, a specific uh, amount of time that he's allotted, and they'll go, well, you know, it's 2,000, 4,000 years, 2,000 years since Christ. It's going to be 7,000 years on the earth, and they'll do a a number system like that. And yet still more theologians, and, and I will say I like this one the best, but that doesn't mean I'm like sold out, but I think there's a great truth to it. When it says it talks about the times of restoration, these are all the people that God is going to have, that God is going to bring into eternity with him as of up to this point, and the restoration is these would have been the people, uh, this would have been what he was wanting to go in with or the kind of people he wanted to go in with when he's heading into eternity or heading into the millennium. One way or another, if you think that the times of restoration is the redemption of people, one way or another, if you understand that God is going to send Jesus Christ, one way or another, there is only one major component that you and I can do that participate in this, and that's witness. So you can come up with all the other stuff. You can get mad at the politicians. You can throw tomatoes at your TV, although that's stupid because then you'd have to get another TV. You, you can do any of that stuff you want, but if you witness at some point, we're going to tag the person that we want to tag to share about Jesus, and that that person responds, and that's game over. At some point, that happens. So you can find a little verification, though you got to be careful with it, in the Peter text where it says that we can hasten the day of the Lord. You can hasten it from our maybe our perspective. You're not going to change God's timeline. The timeline is going to happen. Nothing's going to really alter that. But what we ought to be doing or how we occupy until we come or what we do is we certainly reflect Jesus more and more as we spend each day. But we share with people the good news that Jesus Christ died on the cross, that he was buried, and that three days later he rose again. And the acknowledgement of that testimony gets a person saved when they yield to God, when they surrender and ask Jesus Christ to become Lord of their lives, Savior of their lives, when they understand that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord, and that God showed us this love while we were still sinners, still separated, and if they declare with their mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in their heart, God has raised him from the dead, they will be saved. And when the very last person does that, then you'll, you'll know what go time means.
That's the key. And as much as we think we can or can't do, the one thing we can participate in is sharing that gospel. Because you know what? There is a person. Now, who is that person? I don't know. Is that person born yet? I sure hope so. <laughs> that's, my, that's my response. But there's somebody that you might share with, the simplest seed, the simplest statement of, hey, don't forget Jesus loves you. Anything. And that could be the moment. People are like, well, this has to happen, and this has to happen, and this has to happen. Now, what has to happen is the last person has to go, yes. Then the program really begins. And so that is what many people think, that the heavens are going to stay still, so to speak, and Jesus is going to stay still until the last person gets saved. So what does that do to you and I, or what does that make us think? Well, we know for 2,000 years this text is still operating because you're saved, and you're one of the people that was supposed to be saved, and God brought you into the camp, so to speak, and there might be somebody that you talk to that we're all just waiting on. And that, you know, you think, well, Dave, that kind of puts responsibility on us. Yeah, I mean, not sovereignly. <clears throat> I mean, sovereignly, it's all God. There's no, but yeah, you, you have responsibility to offer yourself. That's why we do our DNA, right? You draw closer to the Lord. You never, never be afraid of his, or ashamed of his words and always be ready to serve. That could be that one moment, that one service, that one statement. That one person can go, yes, I, I do want to know Jesus. And then you might hear, doo, 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 and then all this will be like, wow. That's what you can do. I think we should study. We should know. We should share. We should encourage. We should reflect Jesus. We should do that. But there's just one person, <laughs> whoever that person is. I mean, what a great sci-fi movie. I mean, if you want to do a Christian sci-fi movie kind of thing, you know, like have this person follow their life, and then you know, they have a, and then they finally say yes, and then the heavens split open, the trumpets go, and oh my goodness, right? That'd be cool. I'm for it. If somebody takes that idea, you got to give me credit in the byline. Uh, bottom line is Jesus Christ is going to be sent, and he's going to be sent when the people who have been converted have been converted. Just think about that. What if the next person you talk to is that person? I don't think screaming at them, get saved, get saved, is a good idea. But I do think being aware that anybody you talk to could be that one. Wow. Wouldn't that be cool? Awesomeness. Awesome sauce, right? All right. All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. You know, it's not just the audience that needs stuff. Sometimes the host needs a little bit of a, you know, a little Tell bit. me the show's all about you. Well, this segment is. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not about the show. But I would say this segment, and it actually has a title for the DDD. It's called Joke Time. Is Christian humor allowed in teaching? We've actually had complaints. You know, oh, you can't teach the gospel and use humor. That's why Jesus called uh, James and John the sons of thunder, because it wasn't a humorous quip. You're right. 
uh, pretty bad exegetical process, but let's look at it. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22. Proverbs 17, 22. A joyful heart is good medicine. A joyful heart is good medicine. You've heard that before. That's not new. You know that's the case. But what happens is people take these unique interpretations in Scripture, and they think that it applies to all processes. So somebody actually said to a member at our station, you can't use levity in the gospel proclamation because Paul says you can't do it in 2 Corinthians. And then it's like, eh, wrong answer. This is why we do the thing called read. That's always fun. And uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7 says this, in case you were trying to figure out where did that word levity come from. It's only in one translation. It's actually never used in any other capacity. But here is what he was talking about. Was I fickle when I intended to do this? Or when I made my plans, did I make so in a worldly manner in the same breath as to say yes, yes, and no, no? The only time that the potential word levity is used is when Paul is talking about meeting with the Corinthians. And the one interpretation you could use is, was I using lightness? It's not really the word for levity, just in case you're wondering. But was I used, did I use lightness when I made my plans with you? In other words, was I kidding around when I made plans to come see you? No. That's what Paul said. Not, you can never use humor. So whoever kind of swapped those two together really, really needs, really needs to like relax. I think that would be the key. And then for those that are just curious, you know, when the gospel talks about, this is kind of one of those classic things, when the gospel talks about making declaration and the foolishness of preaching, the word is moria, moria, from which we get the word silliness. So Paul's like, yeah, preaching the gospel for the Greek people and for the Jewish people in large, it's kind of like a silliness thing. Yeah, that's what he said. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Don't forget, by the way, KAAM is also our KAAM. I like that. I like that. It's just got that nice little thing to it. Uh, Next trivia question. Uh, is this one. When did the two disciples in Emmaus realize that the stranger was Jesus? If you notice the theme, there's a lot of they didn't recognize him, they didn't see him, they didn't get it. It's like, uh (laughs) uh-huh. That's very helpful for you and I to understand. When did the two disciples in Emmaus realize that the stranger was Jesus? When did that happen? Uh, in their story in uh, Luke, uh, if you think you know the answer, call 972-445-0770, or you can text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at he must org. Eric, loading up first on this one. Very nice job. Well done. Um, in the meantime, as you guys are contemplating when, see, see how I rolled back into that, right? Uh, when uh, did the two disciples in Emmaus realize that the stranger was Jesus? When did that happen? In the meantime, I will tell you this semi-Christian joke. 
Is that, is that okay? Semi-Christian. Is that? All right. An honest man was being tailgated by a stressed-out woman on a busy boulevard. Suddenly, the light turned yellow just in front of him, and he did the right thing. He stopped at the crosswalk, even though he could have beaten the red light by accelerating through the intersection. No, not safe. The tailgating woman hit the roof and the horn, screaming in frustration as she missed her chance to get through the intersection. As she was still in mid-rant, she heard a tap on her window and looked up into the face of a very serious police officer. The officer ordered her to exit her car with her hands up. He took her to the police station where she was searched, fingerprinted, and photographed, and then placed in a holding cell. After a couple of hours, a policeman approached the cell and opened the door. She was escorted back to the booking desk where the arresting officer was waiting with her personal effects. He said, I am so sorry for this mistake. You see, I pulled up behind your car while you were blowing your horn, flipping off the guy in front of you and cussing a blue streak in him. I noticed the choose life license plate holder, the what would Jesus do bumper sticker, and the follow me to Sunday school bumper sticker, and the chrome-plated Christian fish emblem on the trunk, and naturally, I assumed you had stolen the car. Ah, waka waka. <laughs> That's a good one, right? That's a good one. Naturally, I assumed you stole the car because you have all those Christian things on there. Okay. People are like going, wait, I don't get it. You see, because okay. because she had all the Christian witness, and except she didn't have a Christian witness. See, so so you thought that he. All right, so we're going to go into the text now. We'll just move into that. Uh, back to Acts chapter 3. We just talked about this. I really do like this portion because you know it, it might not be now. It might be a long time. But it's just the possibility that if you share with somebody, that could be it. It's just like, whoa, that's just like cool. Anyhow, let's go back to that, uh, that he may send Jesus Christ who has preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy, of all his holy prophets since the world began. For Moses truly said to the fathers, the Lord your God will raise up a prophet like me from your brethren. Him shall you hear in whatever he says to you. So, Moses, in giving the identity, this comes out of uh, Deuteronomy, and it's Deuteronomy 18. Moses says, somebody's coming, there's a prophet coming, and this prophet that's coming, this prophet that's en route, you got to do whatever he says, which is an ironic or a kind of a unique way for Moses to say it. Really helps us understand what Moses was doing on the Mount of Transfiguration. Him and Elijah were both on the Mount of Transfiguration. Moses represented the law. Elijah represented the prophets. And then the the Peter, James, and John had the experience with Jesus in the Mount of Transfiguration. And the Father says, "This is to this is my son. Hear him or listen to him." So above Moses and above the the prophets is Jesus. I'm just like, wow, that's cool. And that's kind of like a testimony of the way that God does it. And Moses gave a foretelling testimony that the, that somebody was going to come. And when he comes, you got to listen to this guy. This guy's got it going on. He's the one you need to listen to. And in fact, just to give you a, a level or an indicator how serious Moses was in this situation, he says in that text, in that next verse, he said, anybody who doesn't listen to him will be destroyed. 
He said, every soul that will not hear the prophet will be utterly destroyed from among the people. It's like, yes, not a lot of room there, right? So there's a couple things to pull out of this text that are, are wonderful. First and foremost, it says God, God has spoken by the mouth of all his prophets since the world began. Here's something you need to understand. So it's the whole salvation process, not a new thought. God didn't go, ah, wow, they sinned. Boy, didn't see that coming. Wow, what do I do? I'm going to have to put something together. Okay? The Bible says that Jesus was the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. And in another part, it says before time, but we'll, we'll argue that another time. And you think, well, wait a minute. You're telling me that God knew that Adam and Eve were going to sin? Yes. Are you telling me that God gave them or allowed them the free will to sin? Yes. We've got two yeses going. Were you telling me that he had a plan in place as soon as they sinned that he'd be able to redeem them? Yes. Oh, three for three. You're doing great. The bottom line to that is people are like, well, you, you try to tell me that, that man exercised his free will and that they chose against God, but God knew it was coming, and so God had a plan of redemption already in place. Yes, that is exactly what I'm trying to tell you. Because to think that God didn't know that Adam and Eve were going to sin is to, again, put some kind of weird limitation on God that he only knows certain things. It's like, that's bizarre. You think, well, then why did he let him do it? Because they made the choice. God doesn't force loyalty from people. And once you make the choice, you're in. It's like, bing, got it. Okay, and then everything wraps around that. So how does that work? Well, free will works great from our perspective because nobody knows. But... Election works great from God's perspective because he does know. It's not one or the other. That's the dumbest part about the argument. It's both. It's not one or the other. What are you talking about? From the human side, it's free will. From God's point of view, it's predestination and election. What's the problem? Move on. Go argue about something else. I argue about tithes or something. I don't know. The idea behind this is to look at this passage and see God from the beginning of the world had prophets giving bits and pieces about the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. And there is so much witness to Jesus, and people are going to gonna say, oh, I didn't know. Yes, they did. That's going to be the ultimate thing. People are going to the same thing we said before. What about the guy on the island that's never heard it? Well, number one, of course we trust that God is faithful and diligent and, and just. And number two, you don't care about that guy on the island. What are you saying that? You're just trying to do a hypothetical to get out of it. You don't send that guy money. <laughs> it's, like, it's just like hypocrisy all over the place. And why I bring that up is this. God has a plan. It's going to happen. Now, we don't know how that plan unfolds exactly. We just know we're a part of it. And we are blessed to be a part of it. Aren't you just so blessed that God not only knows your name, but has called your name and helps you and protects you and guides you? How, how fortunate and blessed you are because God has taken the time to help coordinate things in your life. You should feel like a million bucks because God put a higher value than that on you. He put the blood of Jesus Christ on you for a value. So you go back to the text, and look what it says. It says, Whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things, but which God has spoken by the mouth of his prophets since the world began. For Moses truly said to the fathers, that's referring to the children of Israel, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. He's going to be amongst you. He's one of us. See, that's the whole Emmanuel process. 
God with us, born from Mary and born from the Holy Spirit. And then Moses in this quote says, Him shall you hear in all things, whatever he says to you. In other words, he has the authority. What he says goes. But Jesus did. He took the laws and he goes, hey, watch this. <laughs> you got 613? Uh, I'm sorry, you're from New York, 619? Uh, here you go. Two. <laughs> Work it out. You see what I'm saying? And so that that then becomes how the Lord he directs us, he guides us, and, 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 and let's see, fine-tunes the things we need to know. All that came to us through Jesus. Now we get it more, we understand more. And then Moses goes on to say, it should be that every soul that does not hear that prophet will be utterly destroyed. I, I just, I'm, unfortunately, I think the word utterly destroyed is not good. I mean, I could be wrong. No, I'm not wrong. Utterly destroyed is bad. It's a bad thing. And they're not going to survive it. And if you reject Jesus, you're not going to survive it. And you might be wondering, well, well, why do some people go in and some people, you know, some people say yes and some people say no? Yeah, I wish I could really give you this specific answer on how the mind of God exactly works on all of that. But I could barely figure out how I'm supposed to get through the next day, let alone define how the infinite God makes his choices. Here's what I know for sure. Because of the quality of God, we trust that there is a reason or a process that he's used to to, to evaluate who is and who isn't coming. I mean, I just—I don't think it's that difficult. We just don't know, and everybody will make their own decision. It's just that God knows what that decision is going to be. So when God picks one over another, it could be that God is aware that the other is the person that's going to reject the purposes and plans of God. That's a big part of this, right? All right, we'll take our break and come back. That's a lot of theology there. We're going to come back and take our break and get into more. You're listening to the David Smoot Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. Don't go anywhere. It's incredible, and it's never been done before. And you can be the first person in your neighborhood to win. What is it? It's a contest. How do I play? It's simple. And there's three ways to win. You can go to Facebook, type in David Spoon Media. And on any Facebook post, type in the word Jesus in the comment section. And it's free. You can also send an email to davidspoonmedia at gmail.com and write the word Jesus in the subject line. Or you can go to YouTube and give a comment on any video. But you have to use the word Jesus. This is your chance to win, and it's free. What do I win? You can win 100 thank yous right on air. It's incredible. It's unbelievable. But it's only for a limited time. Enter now. Here's a taste. Thank you for listening to the David Spoon Experience. Is the David Spoon experience? Uh, let me tell you what I, I I'm I'm, to, I'm torn between the two. I'm twixt between the torn two. You want to know why? I've got the biggest breaking story ever. No, to you be, need to do that I'm, first. Yeah. I just can't wait. More than more than my whole thing about the four way stop sign. Yep. You want me to do the number one story? That's Ladies right. and gentlemen, you better get ready. Here's what, here's my advice. I don't give this advice very often, and I don't give it uncheckfully. What's uncheckfully? I don't know. 
Here's the biggest story you have ever heard on the David Twin Experience. If you have children who are listening, uh, if you are not in a car, it's time to cover their errors or send them into another room. That's how chilling this is. Ladies and gentlemen, I have it off the press literally within the last two and a half hours. Uh, Actually, it's less than two and a half hours ago. Here it is, ladies and gentlemen. I have it right in my hands. Get ready. Do not, do not get nauseous when you hear this. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a fact that as of today, the Navy, the United States Navy, officially has made its proclamation. Ready? Ready? Are you ready? Are you listening? This is the most important thing ever. You ready? That Captain Crunch is a fraud. Ladies and gentlemen, the United States Navy has declared that Captain Crunch... I do not buy it. No, listen to this. Here's why. Let me tell you why. Captain Crunch has three stripes on his cuffs, and that signifies a commander and not a captain. So uh, the United States Navy has made it absolutely known today, Captain Crunch, nay... He nay a captain. Nay. Now, it is true. Are going the cereal? No. Commander Crunch? Yes, Commander Crunch. That's the new. That's why I told you, don't let your kids hear this. It is possible that that uniform could represent either German or Portuguese Navy. They are not sure because all of those uniforms were lost with uh, their great navies. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, or KAAMEN, the truth station here in Texas, where Dave forgets to give the answer to trivia uh, once again, just just, just every, every day now. Trivia? What's, what's that? Is that a thing what's we do? trivia? What is trivia? Uh, the question was, when did the two disciples in Emmaus realize that the stranger was Jesus? The answer is when they sat down for a meal with them, and they said grace, and then they broke the bread. The big thing there being the broke the bread uh, answer, just to let you know. Uh, so there's an amazing, great, great, great truth in that. In that, in fellowship, centered around truth and Jesus Christ, that the Lord is revealed more and more. And uh, so if you're looking for yet another reason to be in fellowship, I think it would be a very strong case can be made to say that in fellowship, there's a greater understanding of who Jesus is as you engage with other Christians, other brothers and other sisters, and you figure out, hey, it's not just all centered around me. It's centered around all of us, but it's really centered around Jesus. And it's just like, oh. So you get kind of a an insight there would be a good way to, I think that's a good way to say it. So, you know, I like uh, Kurt Freeman said, you know, during dinner, breaking bread. I mean, that's the big, you know, the big part of it is it was definitely a fellowship moment. And uh, uh, don't forget, especially uh, in, in my culture, breaking bread, eating together, that was a very high form of intimacy. And uh, they're just being close to one another and connected to one another, and then you get to see Jesus emerge. And then they were like, ooh. And then he disappeared, and they were like, ooh. And that's a whole separate issue. All right. Here's the trivia question. In his conversation with Thomas, this is Jesus's conversation, who did Jesus say are the blessed people? He had a conversation 
with uh, our friend Thomas, one of the 12, who has a terrible reputation for the Catholic Church for the rest of his life. Uh, but then the, the you know, uh, Protestant Church does it too. I'm just saying, poor guy. I mean, you get labeled that, you know, doubting Thomas. That's, that's terrible. 2,000 years, doubting Thomas. Anyhow, uh, that conversation, who did Jesus say are blessed? This is after the resurrection, not before. Okay, so after the resurrection, okay, and then Thomas, doubting Thomas, Jesus said what to him? That's the big question there. If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770, or you can text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email to david at hemustincrease.org, which once again will go to the website just because I know the money's coming up, and tomorrow I'm going to be thinking about paying rent, and I hate that. So don't forget to check out the website, which is a place to give, hemustincrease.org. Website, he must increase.org, he must increase.org. Email David at he must increase.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. All right, good job on everybody pulling it together. Uh, a lot of good answers coming in on the phone, so I like that. That's good. Okay, uh, let's do history real quickly, and then we'll go into the rest of the teaching. Let's go, let's go. Okay, uh, there's a couple things uh, nobody needs to like get overly excited about, but uh, the one good one, the see you at the poll. Remember the see you at the poll where they gather around the poll and they pray and Christian students get there and then they banned it and then they fought so they can have it and so on and so forth. Anytime you have something going on like that where people want to get together uh, and just pray and then somebody uh, steps up and is, has hostility towards it, that person's just yucky. I mean, I mean, I love that Jesus loves them. I, I wish I could love them that way. That's that's what I pray for. Uh, so see you at the poll. I don't know if they're still doing that, though, because of the COVID thing. I don't know if that t- kind of took a break or what's happening. Uh, it is also, by the way, National Snack Stick Day. I'm not sure if that's like a Slim Jim kind of thing. Is that what that is? Or, or uh, uh, I mean, Snack Stick? I'll allow it. Okay. And then it's a National Great American Pot Pie Day. Okay, so I'm, you know, okay. Noel loves Marie Calendar Pot Pies. Loves them. Okay, I'm just telling you. Right. Uh, last uh, two things to tell you. Uh, Rocky Marciano on this day in 1952 became the heavyweight champion. Uh, first Keystone Cops film ever done was done on this day in 1912. It's like, really? They did that back then? Way back then? Uh, 1986, the rose was voted the official United States flower. A lot of people don't know that. And then the last and absolutely one of the top of all things is 1962, the cartoon The Jetsons aired for the first time. See? See? All right. Now, I'm not making light, by the way, of uh, meet at the poll day. I don't want anybody to think that because we've done – I've done multiple shows on it. I just don't know if, if they're doing that or they still do that. If they're doing it and your kids participated, awesome. Okay, that would be what I say. All right, all right, all right. If you think you know the answer to the trivia question, let me know. In his conversation with Thomas, who did Jesus say are the blessed people? There's a reason that he had that conversation with doubting Thomas. Poor guy. I'm just thinking he gets to heaven. Got to change that name, right? It's got to. I was listening to a Phil Kagey song. It even says doubting Thomas in the song. I was like, that's so sad. Anyway. 
Let's go back to this. I want to something you catch. This is really wonderful. For uh, Moses truly said to the fathers, the Lord your God will raise you up a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear in all things, whatever he says to you. It shall be that every soul that will not hear the prophet shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. Yes, and all the prophets from Samuel and those who follow, as many as have spoken, have also foretold these days. You are sons of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying to Abraham, in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. To you first, God, having raised up his servant Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from your iniquities. It is important to understand that the purpose of Jesus Christ is not to ruin your fun on Friday night. I just, I don't know how, how else do you say that? Is there a better way to communicate that? The idea that God is just there so everybody can have a frumpy existence is just north of you can't get any dumber. I don't, I don't know how to do it. The reason that Jesus is a part of our lives is because God sent him to bless us. The primary way that we are blessed is because he turns us away from our slavery to our sin. We are not in a, uh, a adversarial relationship with God anymore. We're in a powerful or positive relationship with God. It's important to understand that Jesus died on the cross to end the adversarial part and rose from the dead to create the good relationship part. So there's two parts to always understanding the gospel, and you you need to remember that. He died for the sins. He died for the iniquity. He died to break the power of sin. He died to break the penalty of sin. He died to break the presence of sin. That's what his death did. His resurrection put you in a place where instead of you just being distant from God, now you and God are buddies. Okay? So the death brought the end to the judgment, and the life brought the uh, the fun of the relationship into play. And so a way to think of this, and my wife and I talk about this, is mercy is what the death provided because Jesus took the judgment for us. Grace is the relationship side of things because now we can hang out with God and we don't deserve it. So that's where mercy and grace come into play on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He covered both sides of that, taking care of the adversarial uh, uh, frustration part that God had with our iniquities, okay, because we had moral debt, and then that come to, came to an end through the death of Christ if we acknowledge God's testimony. Then the resurrection of Jesus puts a hop, skip, and a jump in your step so you can hang out with God and walk with him hand in hand. That, that's what it is. So one brought the end of the ugh and then put the beginning of the yay kind of there, okay? And that's the mercy and the grace. So I know it's not theologically right, but I think people get it. And it's very, very important to understand that why God sent Jesus Christ in the first place is for us to be blessed, I mean, this whole the whole Christian thing is not about uh, you filling the pews. It's not about church. It's not about your blessed assurance in church. This is about God restoring that which was broken in the garden. 
and that sin no longer comes between us and God. We've talked about it before. The judicial aspect of sin has been covered by the redeeming work of Jesus Christ. That doesn't mean that sin doesn't affect us. And that's why James said, if you, you know, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another, you may be healed. That's important, and I think that's an important distinction because sin now, it, it, it diseases us. It's bad. It's not good. It never turns out good. But through Jesus, there's redemption. Through confession, we find our way, you know, getting, getting uh, the beginning process of that healing going. And this is what, what we need to understand about the whole premise that God has established from the beginning of the foundation of the world all the way through through all the prophets. He did it all so we could be blessed. Actually, how is that not cool? I think it's cool. All right. I'm going to get this time in his conversation with Thomas. Who did Jesus say are the blessed people? Those who have not seen and yet have believed. Because remember, Thomas had to see in order to believe. And Jesus goes, eh, uh, the people that are blessed are those that don't see and they still believe. Poor Thomas. Still got the bad title. All right, folks, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Taking a 22 and a half hour break. Then we'll be back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. As I am each The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.